You're listening to Cats Cadenza from KUGR, Cougar College Radio. I'm Catherine Barner. Thanks for joining me. In the last segment, I aired my conversation with the Mini Mansion, so if you missed it or just want to listen to it again, you can head on over to my YouTube channel to watch the full-length video. Find me on YouTube at Cats Cadenza. That's Cat with a K and Cadenza with a C. But right now, my lovely producer, John Hunt, joins me in studio to discuss our opinions on the occurrences of October 23rd when we were backstage with the Mini Mansions and attended the Arctic Monkeys concert. So how you doing, John? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it was a lot of fun being able to go and participate in the interview process and set up a couple cameras. Well, thanks for coming with me. You're you're much help, and I appreciated it. So, what what do you have like thoughts wise on the mini mansions? I thought they were great. I was really looking forward to seeing them. Unlike some people in the audience, I know we'll touch on that <laughs> we'll later. We'll touch on that later. Um, but in terms of just meeting them. And getting to talk to them a little bit, they were really nice. I know mm-hmm. you and I were discussing it before the interview in terms of how they would be, mm-hmm. uh, and they were super cordial. Oh yeah, super nice, extremely humble, like calm and like super willing to sit down and talk with us, which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and then once we got in and got to listen to them live, I thought they were fantastic on stage. They were. They sounded absolutely like amazing they sounded like their recordings they were playing everything that was on the recordings live on stage which a lot of groups don't exactly do um which is like why more so uh turn towards the rock genre because i feel like rock artists are more typically playing everything that they have on the tracks on stage yeah it's a lot easier for them to replicate what the radio edit sounds like and then even take it to another level mm-hmm. uh, i know i mentioned to you when we were watching them that the with the way they were shredding everything i was i wasn't expecting that level of energy coming out of the the concert itself uh for you know based off of especially the arctic monkeys most recent album where things are a little bit more mellow Mm -hmm. piano based and you have the mini mansions coming out to open things up and just shredding Mm -hmm. on the guitar yeah some of their songs expect like during the instrumental breaks they just went ham like going crazy hair flips all over the place from mikey shoes and then zach dawes was also going crazy as well um it was a they were fantastic and i guess we could touch on some of the audience members during their performance now i'm normally not one to like you know, raise the pitchfork and the torch and really go <laughs> exactly. after an audience. Neither am I. Because normally it's not something you're you're going to notice. And if the whole audience is there and the band's performing the way that you thought they were, uh, even above your expectations, it's the last thing you're going to be paying attention to yeah. and remembering. But, but after the Mini Mansions performed their song Creep, the people behind us said something along the lines of, um, wow, that song had some great potential, but I guess they're still working on it. And then, like, we give each other this look of just, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's like they have no knowledge of who these people up on stage are in terms of their body of work, who they've worked with previously. It was really odd. I can understand you're an Arctic Monkeys fan, and by fan, I mean you listen to exclusively AM, (laughs) and you've come to the concert, and you're like, I'm going to hear AM songs, and... You get mini mansions, and you're like, who are these guys? Yeah, I have I no love... idea who Queens of the Stone Age are, or, you know. <laughs> I love how after they said that comment, you loudly say, if you would like to. Oh, yeah. I just, my loud comment was something along the lines of, you'd think that if you were going to go to an Arctic Monkeys concert, and you're a fan, you say you're a fan of the Arctic Monkeys, 
that you would know who many mansions are considering how many of them have worked with Alex Turner. Yeah, exactly. And I really hope those people behind us heard that. Which is even the the one sad part about the the many mansions performance was the fact that when they played their song Vertigo, Alex oh. Turner did not come out on stage and perform his part, part. of the song. Yes. Cuz it's like I can understand why Brian Wilson wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know. And then but like, you know, Alex Alex was there and it, he co- totally could have come out and performed. And I guess there's also that aspect of like coming out for the first time for your concert, you probably wants to be with your band and not with another group that's playing before your group. But um I was just like so prepared for him to come out and he wasn't there. That was like the the, the most disappointing part. It seemed like the perfect opportunity, but you and I were kind of discussing it. Like, how do you do it? You know that there's going to be a break between the opener and the and the band performing, as there almost always is. And if you end with Vertigo and all of a sudden Alex Turner's on stage and then he leaves the stage. But they didn't end with Vertigo. They it was didn't. in the middle of the set. It's true. And so we were discussing this beforehand. They do Vertigo in the middle of the set. So to me, it could have been seamless enough. Mm-hmm where you could have transitioned him mm-hmm. off and then you have mini mansions. Cause especially based off of uh, what we learned about the audience's IQ um, was Alex could have come on stage and 50% of them probably wouldn't have known it was him yeah. because they wouldn't have known the song. And so that, that could have worked in their favor, but they decided to not have Alex come out and sing the part and said mini mansions just did it themselves. Yeah. Which is fine. But you know, just like a little like disappointing Yeah, because I had my phone out ready to like film Alex Turner walking up on stage and it was just like, nope, not this time, but that's okay. It was, it was a great performance and I absolutely enjoyed it. And hopefully when I'm back home in Orange County, I can head over to LA and catch another one of their shows yeah no i mean i i thought mini mansions did everything and more that you would hope they would Mm -hmm. on stage especially as an opener openers can be so hit and miss Mm -hmm. granted mini mansions is definitely one that's more established the people in the group uh have more going for them in terms of their musical career and what they've been a part of uh but even so i thought they were phenomenal so now what are your opinions on the arctic monkeys performance the Arctic Monkeys were also great. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought they were really awesome. I have, for me personally, it's I have a couple more qualms with the set list than the actual per- on stage performance. Yeah. They're everything you're paying the money to go see. One hundred percent. Alex Turner is electric on stage. They rock out more than you expect. Um, the, they really are fun to go and see. I I. I you know, I, you, they're your favorite band. Yeah. It took me eight years to finally see them. So like, like, I don't know. That was just another experience for me because I've been such a fan of them since I was 13 fan of them before AM came out. And then I wasn't able to see them when they did the AM tour and then finally being there. And just the fact that I was actually backstage talking to people who work with him and I'm working in radio and do this for a living kind of thing. Um, it's just, mind-blowing to me as my 13 year old self yeah no i i completely agree my once again going back going back it really was the songs that weren't played yeah versus the the performance itself when they come out and play do i want to know it is everything you want it to be and exactly more. it is so awesome and you're just you're, we were super close too and the guitar sounded good 
Uh, Alex Turner sounds phenomenal. He, my only question was whether or not he talks the same way he <laughs> sings, which is almost 100% confirmed. Um, but see, now the question is, because between some of the songs, he was like doing a little bit of talking. And he sounds exactly like when he's talking, when he's singing. So it's like, is he doing that because he's on stage or does he actually talk that way? This is the question, the million dollar question that only Catherine Barner can find the answer out to. Maybe one day. (laughs) But you said like after the show, like I would be so, it would be so weird to just be friends with Alex Turner because. I would have to get used to his voice if that's how he actually talked. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, my theory is, is he probably does because a lot of other broadcasters uh like robert siegel when i was with him for two days when he was in town he sounds exactly like he does when he's on the radio because he has that very specific voice inflection and you could probably say that about any broadcaster most broadcasters tend to have that voice i mentioned uh when we had reese davis here just a week ago on campus for espn game day getting to hear him speak he talks exactly the same as when you're watching him on tv for game day yeah and it just when alex turner was talking on stage he had the same kind of voice inflection that he does when he's singing right so who knows if that was because he was on stage or if that's actually how he talks. So, Catherine, I have a question for you. Okay. What was the best song that they played? That's a hard question. I'm looking at the set list right now. Um, I called that they would start with four out of five. That was, yep. Called that. Um, I really enjoyed Brainstorm just because of how crazy they go on that song all the drumming it just kind of like punches you in the face when it starts and i really like that energy that they brought to the stage and then do i want to know like come on that's like one of the classic biggest arctic monkey songs there is that you could rock out to especially like seeing a song like that being performed on stage was really cool um and as we found out it was the song everyone wanted to see Exactly, because everyone, like, got into it as soon as they started playing that song. And then immediately got out of it and left the theater. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, I bet you look good on the dance floor just because, in my opinion, my favorite Arctic Monkeys album is Favorite Worst Nightmare, but I think their best album is Whatever You Think I Am, That's What I'm Not. And I think that's because for Whatever You Think I Am, That's What I'm Not, it's, uh, the music is so intense with all the drumming. So I really enjoy that, especially seeing that kind of stuff live. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's why I'm touching on how much more they rock out and how the progression over time of a band like the Arctic, like Arctic monkeys is so interesting. And what's funny is I made a joke to you about what could be like an Instagram caption uh, for a picture. Like I came to see the monkeys and got the Arctic version and What's funny is Alex Turner kept referring to themselves as the monkeys. Yeah. It's like just a nickname, I guess. And like even during the encore, the the curtain raised up and it just said monkeys on it. Yeah. But let's talk about the crowd during the Arctic Monkeys performance. Interesting. Yes. It's probably the way I would describe it as I couldn't really pinpoint an age group that was mm-hmm. really dominant throughout. And see, that was kind of the same thing when I went and saw Weezer and Panic at the Disco, where there was two main age groups for that one. You had the tweens that were like 13-year-olds there for Panic and 40-year-olds there for Weezer. So I guess that's a little bit more distinct. But with the Arctic Monkeys, it was quite an interesting crowd of age groups like there was a a 
group of gals in front of us. One of them looked like she was 15. The other one looked like she was 30, and they were dressed exactly the same. And I, it was really it was really difficult to figure out yeah. um, what the age range was. Not that that matters, but it wasn't what my expectation is. I I enjoy, I know you do as well, going to see a lot of indie rock mm-hmm. alt groups. And you and usually see a crowd that mirrors the band pretty well. Like you said, when you went and saw the 1975, there were a lot of... Uh, of black neck chokers yeah it was a it was kind of a joke but it was like you know it was a requirement to get into the to the venue was to have a choker <laughs> on um but that the crowd fit exactly my expectations for the 1975 for the 1975 and then going to this and then when i went to deck the hall ball the crowd fit the exact expectations for that and then this was completely different you had such an age range of people and it just felt not that that took away anything from it, but it really felt like the younger crowd who maybe hadn't heard some of the older albums of the 1975 really weren't into it. You mean the Arctic Monkeys? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm all over the place with the bands. But yes, they, they really weren't into the older stuff that the mm-hmm. 1970 or that the Arctic Monkeys was bringing out. But um, you said like the, the two ladies that were kind of in front of us, the one that looked like was like 30 older and then like a 15 year old um i noticed that like you know the older lady was knew all the lyrics to every single song yeah i was impressed um and then the younger one you know wasn't quite as into it as much so i thought that was interesting because i guess you and i don't think about the the span of time quite as much that the arctic monkeys cover Uh when you consider when their first album came out in Mm -hmm. like mid to late 2000s it's been a 10-year period where they've had music yeah and so if you got into a band like that in college 10 years ago when their first album dropped then you'd be in that 30 something range at this point so it it really is interesting to look at it from that dynamic Uh, but probably my biggest gripe with the audience was after they played do i want to know I could visibly see people leaving Leaving. the venue. Yeah. And so they played Do I Want to Know, which was song 16. And then after that, they played Pretty Visitors and Mad Sounds. And then they left the stage. And of course, there was an encore, but we'll go into that later. But after they played Do I Want to Know, people left. Yeah, it was it was bad. And it was good for us because we got closer. We did get closer. But being a native (laughs) Seattleite. And, and always thinking of Seattle as a place that bands want to go because Seattle will always have a great crowd. Like, there's so much deep music history in Seattle. Seattle always supports artists. They always support bands. And to be there really for the first time ever to have a negative audience experience at a concert, especially one of, like, this Caliber. magnitude. Yeah was just really surprising and honestly a little embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I personally felt a little embarrassed as an audience member here for not giving the band what I felt that they deserved from the audience. I 100% agree. And so after they played Do I Want to Know, they played two more songs, then they left the stage, and, you know, they're going to play an encore. Like, come on. Come on, people. Obviously, they're going to do it. But in order for an encore to work, you have to start cheering, cheering loudly all together and that didn't happen very well. No, there was several attempts, is what I'll call them, that yeah. were made. But it was as if people didn't understand what an encore is. Or that 
sure, it's mo- usually assumed in this day and age when you go to see a band that they're going to come out and play a couple more songs after they leave. But that's, that shouldn't just be a guarantee. Yeah, and it's like they can't, you can't, they should not guarantee that they're going to come back on for an encore. The audience has to insist for it. Yeah, that's how it used to be. So that's how it should be now, even though if even if it is the expectation that they're going to come out and play the three songs that they've basically been playing at most of their shows so far, the audience should still show the band that they want them back out on stage mm-hmm. and that they deserve to see three more songs. Yeah. As a true Arctic Monkeys fan over here, I was very upset that people weren't cheering for them for an encore. Yeah, I mean, people... I know a lot of artists have started to do this with, with um, people having to lock their phones away during Jack their shows. Jack White is a great example. And, and to do things to get people away from technology and just be there for the experience. Uh, I'm not saying that that is the main reason why something like this occurred. I do think that people leaving after Do I Want to Know definitely makes a difference. Uh, but at the same time, I think that people... there. I mean, I saw tons of people on their phones here... And for me, when I go to a show, it's not really my priority. Yeah. I'll grab a picture or two. But other than that, it's really not what I want to be doing mm-hmm. at a concert. I, I'm there to enjoy what is going on and to appreciate the band or the artist who's up on stage performing, not to be constantly, you know, uploading yeah. something to the world about the concert. Yeah. And I, I would say I, I Snapchatted the concert a little too much, but that's because I'm such a big fan. Um, but it's not like I was doing it every single song. I only did it for the the five five songs that I really enjoy. Um, but there was one guy in front of us and he was shorter and he had his phone up and he was recording the whole entire concert and it was literally in my eyesight, view of eyesight. And I was like, okay, gotta move, gotta get away from this dude so I can actually see it live. Yeah, no, it was, it, to me, honestly, it is an issue. Yeah that a lot of artists are out to face. I know we want to stay on track here uh, with the concert we were actually at. Uh, but besides that, in terms of the overall show, I 10 out of 10 would recommend to go and see them because they're they're so good mm-hmm. live. They're everything you want them to be and more, in my opinion. They rock out more than you expect them to. Mm-hmm. If you have a chance to, before going to see them to go back and listen through some of those older albums and really get to know some of those songs and then go to the show. I think you'll be rewarded for that. Yeah. And so I, I personally couldn't have been happier. Obviously I had the, you invited me to go with you, which, you know, thank you again for doing so. But, Oh, I mean, overall, Catherine, how, how would you say the concert concert was like out of five? (laughs) I'd give it a four out of five. But um, no, I'd actually give it a five out of five. It was fantastic, but have to have to get that joke in there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Yeah. Any last words, John? No, thank you again for having me on and for bringing me to the concert. Of course, it was a lot of fun. Next up is Brian Storm by the Arctic Monkeys. You're listening to Cat's Cadenza from KUGR. <laughs> 